Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nice job, Eddie Scazzeri. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Boomer Esiason, Craig Cardinal, a fan. And, of course, worldwide on CBS Sports Network. Got a great show for you today. So much going on after the weekend. Of course, uh, the New York Yankees split with the Red Sox. Uh, Again, the Red Sox don't seem to be their problem. It's just about everybody else for the last month. The New York Mets can't close out another series, blah, blah, blah. They play St. Louis, signed with Zach Wheeler. But the New York Yankees have Brian Mitchell on the mound uh, against Alberto Mejia from Minnesota. Uh, that'll be uh, later tonight. In any event, that's the baseball. Basketball, shockingly, is, is very relevant these days, as is football. I'll explain in a minute. First, good morning, Boomer. How are you today, buddy boy? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, and too bad for the Yankees last night. You know, it would have been great for them to get a sweep. He and, pitched well, though. I'll say well, that. Tanaka pitched great, but so did Price. And Price yep. has been, obviously, uh, you know, public enemy number one up there in Boston. So, he uh, came through in he a big good. spot. How about Sabathia filling in like a couple hours' notice and uh, pitching his ass off? If that were a med pitcher, he would get blown out after like two innings. And that's right. you know and that's the troubling part of what's going on with Steven Matz now. Like you wake up this morning and after that performance yesterday, where they needed a, they had a sweep. Let's face it, they had a sweep. They had to come out of the you know out of the break. Some you know maybe they could still do it. I don't know, but you know my my hopes are not very high for them to get themselves back in relevancy, and they will be in sellers mode even regardless of I what agree. Sandy Alderson said about you know a rebuild, not a retool at all. I think they don't want to do. They don't want to the way he, without. I'm paraphrasing it. His point was it's not going to be a uh, a total yard sale. Right, exactly. We're not going to get rid of everyone we got, but we will obviously sell off something. Right, it, uh, depending on how they play coming out of the break and. If if Matt's just could have given them, you know, what he gave like three weeks ago, they would have been fine. But for him to get drilled like that last night or yesterday uh, is was really dis- – that's the disappointing part of that. And every time he has a game like this, I always wonder about the next day, his elbow's bothering him. Something. Or he's got to go on the DL for two weeks, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think he gave there. up more hits in one inning of work than anyone else in the history of baseball. <laughs> so I think it was, it was like nine hits in it one inning. It was ridiculous, man. It was like it was it – <laughs> No was, joke. It was, I, think that, I think that – I'm not even making it up. I think that's a record. It's like the conga line. The guys, <laughs> they couldn't wait. It was actually refreshing to see the Mets on Friday night do the same thing to the, yeah. the, the Rockies. But, um, you know, they, it's, just, it's disappointing for both teams because the Yankees gained no ground. They're, the same, they're, they're in the same spot they were, you know, coming out of the All-Star yep. break. And the Mets have a chance 
to, to have a sweep with one of their better pitchers on the mound, and he can't get through two innings. And you don't even have a chance to win it, right? The right. game's over. And I mean, and the winning series ain't enough right now. You, you have a chance to sweep a team. And you don't, and you don't, like you said, you're not even competitive. Then you have the Cespedes has another injury, comes out Saturday, doesn't play last night. They say he'll play tonight. Uh, he's just become a, that's a that's a joke at this point. I, I don't know. You, I don't even know you can blame anyone because it's an injury, right? Um, but the fact that he has gone from you know the thigh, the calf, the hamstring, the groin that I mean is 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 a walking mash unit below the waist, and uh, none of it's good. Um, that being said. Uh, listen, if you love Met baseball, you still got a nice stadium, uh-huh. and uh, at least they showed some life offensively, so I'll give them that. The Yankees, meanwhile... You know, Cespedes is lucky he didn't break his knee. Because his knee dug into the, the ground pretty good. With, all the, with all the rain and everything, and yeah. uh, the softness in the outfield, I mean, he is lucky that he did not snap a leg or a knee, a thigh bone, or something like that, trying to make that play. I'll say this about the Yankees, though. And like you said, you don't gain any ground. You split the series, and you split yesterday's uh, day-night doubleheader. Uh, the four games over 500, blah, blah, blah. I keep saying every time people bring up, oh, you gotta, you're got playing the Red Sox, that'll be the barometer. The Red Sox, to be fair, do not seem to be the Yankees' problem. I mean, they had the lead in the ninth inning, the first game of the Friday season, night. That, and Chapman kind of throws so, it out. Well, you know, like last night was the or yesterday was the day for Stephen Matz, right? And Stephen Matz unfortunately did not perform, right? And therefore, the Mets, you know, lose the chance at a sweep, which is hard as it is. The Yankees could have taken three out of four, absolutely right. If Friday night's performance by Chapman was the Chapman esque performance that you expect, yeah. I mean, Chapman has not pitched well, and it cost them a game because I don't care how they got to there; it wasn't pretty. But you have the lead in the ninth inning. Right. Right. That's your game to win. You got Chapman on the mound. And obviously there's something wrong with him. I don't know although, what the hell Although it is. Joe Girardi did go to great lengths last night to uh, highlight the bullpen and and how well they pitched, with obviously the exception of uh, Chapman on Friday night, right. throughout this series and how well their starting pitchers pitched. Now, of course, Pineda's done. Pineda's done. He, uh, he'll have Tommy John after another you know consultation. God, it's you know, And then people are all over Joe Girardi from the standpoint of the intentional walk. Look, you got Chapman on the mound. Get off Girardi's back. You have the lead and your closer on the mound. That You lose that game, and it ain't got nothing to do with Joe Girardi. It's got everything to do with Chapman just not pitching well. That being said, you got two weeks to go now. And while we know the Mets are sellers, the Yankees are going to buy. Now, I do not imagine them doing, I think, very similar to the Mets, who are not going to just yard sale the whole damn team. I'd, I'd be surprised if the Yankees make an aggressive move to try to win well, well, this year. Here, here's a question. I, mean, I don't think they're going to start dumping a lot of prospects. I don't. No, I don't, I don't think so either. I don't think they'll go the route of the Cubs getting Quintana the way they did, and they aggressively went out and got him right after the, uh, the All-Star game. Um, but, you know, you see what the Nationals did. The Nationals got two relievers yep. from the A's. They recognize that they have problems at the— in their uh, in their bullpen, so they're trying to address those things. And the Yankees, I gotta believe, even though their starting pitching wasn't all that bad, you know, actually yep. pretty good, if you ask me, uh, still need a starting pitcher of some some ilk, right? And if you consider that they score the amount of runs they score, where they've got nothing out of first base, nothing out of third base, and uh, they can still score runs. I'm with you. I mean, I'd, I'd want a starting pitcher. I got to figure my bullpen will be fine. You know, Batances and Chapman will be really good for a couple months uh, without problem. Uh, and when it's all said and done, you know, the Yankees are going to have to. I go out to get a starting pitcher. And if you told me if it wasn't Lucas Duda or he didn't play for the Mets, mm. could I see them trying to get a lefty stick uh, at first base? Yeah, but wh- where are they at?
Yeah, who's giving you one of those guys, right? No, the other the other thing that really was like kind of interesting and why anybody would ask Sandy Aldison this question, are you going to trade Jacob DeGrom? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I would want to reach across and go MMA on the guy who right? asked that question. Give him a little choke. I, I mean, there is a Mets story I have to ask you about. Yeah, okay. Uh, and it's bothersome to me. And while the Mets are really irrelevant right now, yeah. there's a story involving the Mets that I think warrants conversation, okay? Yeah. And that is this. You've got this young phenom shortstop, Rosario, who uh, they're debating when to bring up. Do you bring him up, right? They'll, they'll bring him up when they trade either as Drupal well, Cabrera or, or Jose Reyes. According to what came out this weekend. Mm. Yeah, but how, how, I'm it just telling you. Fake news. Uh, boom, I'm just telling you what came out. It's you probably, can discuss it. probably right? met fake news. Here's the deal. They are claiming. Who's they, they by the way? peoples that cover the Mets. There's All right. peoples. All right. The claim is that the reason the Mets will not bring Rosario up here is that there's such bad blood and tension in the Met dugout and clubhouse with this as Drupal Cabrera because of the move to second base and all that stuff, that they don't want to negatively taint Rosario by meaning that if he comes up here, he's coming up here to do what? To play shortstop, that right? That means somebody's got to sit. That means not only does someone have to sit, it means Cabrera will never play shortstop again. And they don't want to they don't want a toxic clubhouse. So I, I was thinking to myself this. Because I was, I was a bit thinking about whether or not maybe I'm, I've, I've misjudged Sandy Alderson and I should go more with your line of thinking. And let me tell you something right now. If they can't control their own clubhouse and dugout and they're afraid to bring Rosario up because of the interpersonal relationships that might develop that'll be <laughs> negative, that means Sandy Alderson's given up. Yeah, maybe. Right? Like, if you... If Rosario's the answer, and by all accounts, he's one of the top, if not the top, your prospect in the minor leagues right now, right? Right. And he obviously can fill a need for you, maybe put some more fans in the seats. And you've gone past that June date where it negatively impacts his contractual status for the team. Yep. And you're not bringing him up because you can't control as Drupal Cabrera. <laughs> then you've lost, you've either you've either lost control yeah. of your franchise or you've given up. Yeah, but the point being, so I, if you told me Sandy Olsen was stepping down after this year, I would not be surprised. No, no, no. I think he's no, given up. No, no. The point being is that you know you can't bring a guy up here when you have these veterans who want to play every single day. Until you move one of those veterans. So if they move one of those veterans, whether it be Cabrera or um, Jose Reyes, then they'll bring Rosario up, and then he'll have, a, he'll have a job at shortstop, and he'll be the everyday shortstop for the rest of the season. Now, Rosario could do for the Mets, and I'm not saying that he will do it the way that this happened last year, what Sanchez did for the Yankees. It's on the table, You, you bring a guy up and bring a and, – and I know Sandy's like, hey, you know, not one guy's not going to change the whole thing around here, and he's right. It's not. But Met fans want to see a young player, and this young player is tweeting at the at the Mets for begging a chance. them to come up I mean, on, a, on bended knee. Yes. Give me a chance, Billy. Right, and then exactly. of course it gets uh, deleted. As a lot of a lot of things are being deleted these days off uh, Twitter. Are you aware yes. of that? No. Yeah. So this guy, uh, my main man, Sports Funhouse, uh, he had his Twitter account uh, shut down. He did. I got to ask Mark about that. Tell Mark I need to talk to him during the break. What happened? I don't know what and happened, why, but he's been Mark... suspended. Oh. Who suspended him? Uh, Twitter suspended him. I Why? think I was. I think because when you, po- I don't know, he didn't have ownership of the audio he was posting or something. Okay. But isn't that what all? Isn't that what all Twitter is? Right? Isn't there? I don't know what the fair use doctrine is. I know it got referenced. 
But the guy that was the like the daily historian of all things uh, mistake prone Mike, yeah. which I you know religiously checked out every day, many times a day. I'm sure you um, did. <laughs> I uh, I feel somewhat naked now. I'm sure His you account did. has been suspended. No. Uh, suspended. Suspended the sentence. Don Corleone suspended the sentence. <laughs> so we'll find out about that. And while well, I normally would go right to commercial break here and give you the phone numbers to the show and, and get things started and get an update from Jerry, there's a rare moment in time. When a call comes in uh, in the first five or six minutes of the show, where I just feel you have to take that call right away. Oh, jeez. So here is Shirley on the fan. Shirley, good morning. How you doing, doll? I'm doing fantastic. How, how you doing? How old are you, Shirley? I am 71. My word. 71, up early in the morning. Oh, and what sweetie, can we do for you to today? Watch my boomer. You get up early to watch Boomer? Yeah. Oh, what is you. it about Boomer that you like? I don't know. It's just something about him that draws in the women. Mm, especially women in their 70s, right? Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I've been watching football forever. Uh-huh. Now, do you live in Maryland? I live in Maryland. Yes, I do. So you're obviously a fan of the Maryland Terps, I imagine. No. You're not? Nope. Huh. So, did you uh, have a thing for Boomer when he played in Maryland, or only now, later in life? When he became a pro, uh-huh. he was playing with the Jets. Right. Oh, my God, he was adorable. 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 And, and has he aged <laughs> okay. well? Yes, he has. I'm surprised. Uh, why is that? I don't know. It must be good living and a good woman. No, there you go. Well, let me ask you this. If you, if you could have one night alone with Boomer... And it was up to you, and you were going to home cook a special meal and then wear something special for him and play special music during the one night. Can you walk me through how that night would go? Oh, we got to have a meal? You don't have to. (laughs) I got to eat. I don't know about the rest of you. We would sit, honey, and talk about football. There you go. That sounds yep. like the perfect date. A 71-year-old woman not eating, just talking about football with the yes. man in her life, right? And I tell you, after I saw him on a rerun of Family Feud last week, <laughs> oh, he is just a sweet, precious, adorable human being. This is what I'm talking that about. That is This awesome. is why you do this show, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is why I, you I am I, I completely embarrassed right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shirley. I appreciate it. Shirley, Very nice. Uh, Shirley, listen okay. to me. I'm going to put you on hold, okay? Okay. And Boomer's going to send you an autographed picture uh, personalized just to you. Shirley, oh you got me God, sweating right wonderful. now. <laughs> All right. That's great. Hold on one sec. See, uh, sometimes you just got to take a call. Yeah, I guess right? you, do, yes. you are sweating now from that. All right. Eddie, stop it. Show some respect, <laughs> will you, please? Listen. You got to know your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, 71. yeah, 71, right in the wheelhouse. And tons there of fun. Go. Tons of fun. Baby. You know, a couple of things before we do take the first break. Uh, let me just uh, first say thank you to the Port Authority Police Department and the Staten Island Yankees. We played a charity softball game there yesterday. And a gorgeous setting, great field, and great accommodations. So I want to thank everyone for being a part of that. We lost 9-5. We'll get to that, of course, later this morning. But I do want to thank uh, the Staten Island Yankees for opening up their stadium. It's a beautiful stadium. And I want to thank the Port Authority Police Department for uh, inviting us to play there. That's number one. And number two, unfortunately, uh, we lost a broadcast legend yesterday, and that is uh, Bob Wolf. Uh, Bob was in studio with us. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a year ago. It was actually back in 2014. Wow. When he was uh, 93 years old. And uh, you know, Bob Wolf always uh, will have a special place in my heart because he was my first ever mentor. 
When I was in high school, I took a broadcasting class solely because it was Bob Wolf that was teaching at a pace in Westchester. And Bob Wolf, for those of you that are under 30, you probably never heard his name. Uh, but Bob Wolf called uh, every major sporting event in this country, let alone here in New York, as the voice of the Knicks. He was the voice of the Rangers yep. for a long time. Uh, he was the voice of the Westminster Dog Show at Madison Square Garden. Uh, has not worked, did not work at the Garden for almost 30 years now. Colts Pres- Giants Championship yep. game, Don Larson's uh, perfect game in the World Series. He called every major uh, championship mean, uh, and the, every the, sport. The resume too. is long and lengthy, and he was actually broadcasting up until six months ago. Yeah, he was at Long Island uh, News 12. Uh, so I just wanted to acknowledge uh, Bob's passing. We'll play some of his audio a little bit later on this morning because uh, there's, a, there's a great lesson uh, having met Bob Wolf. And here's a guy that truly had done it all was at the pinnacle of the careers that we've chosen and still had great humility um, and a sense of a selflessness where he never wanted to be the story. We live in a world now where we want to be the story, and we are the story sometimes, uh, as opposed to the people that we're supposed to be talking about right. and their on-field exploits. So I just want to acknowledge uh, it's, a, it's a sad loss. He was 96 years young, but thoughts and prayers go out to Rick, his son, and the rest of the Wolf family as we lose Bob Wolf last night. It's Boomer and Carton, mornings from 6 to 10 on The Fan. I mean, they're making a big deal. Like, like, this was the catch of the year. I'm like, I didn't think it was that. Did you guys think it was that? I, I thought, did not. I thought it was a good catch. It was, it was a good catch. Marcelo Zuna, if you didn't see it. Check out his catch yesterday. That, that was a great catch. catch. Right, okay. I would say based on the fact that it's Judge, it's, uh, it gets Yankees within a run. But here's the headline. Game. Inside the remarkable catch that saved David Price's night. Well... I mean, does that? By the way, they still were winning the game right. if the ball goes over the fence. It's three-two if the right. right but I, just, I just don't think that it was all that remarkable. I thought it was good. I, I expect a major league center fielder who is as good as Jackie Bradley and as athletic as Jackie Makes Bradley to go play. make that play. Listen, I'm with you on that. I, I think it was, it's being said that because of the moment and who it was. It's, uh, ooh, it's Aaron Judge, who, by the way, is in a one for twenty slump. Whatever oh, it really? was, I mean, right? it's know, got listen. nothing to do with the home run derby. Don't he even might not don't hit another play home run the rest of the season. Bartolo Colon whiffs him three times Tuesday night. Then you yeah. might be rethinking that. And how about Bartolo Colon, <laughs> who, when asked why he did not uh, come back to the Mets, who obviously made him an offer to come back, he said, "Well, here's it's very simple. Not a single player on the team reached out to me saying, hey, why don't you come on back.'" And I figured if they wanted me back, at least one player would have said, hey, Biggs, come on back. But since I didn't hear from a single player on the team, I figured I wasn't really wanted. (laughs) (laughs) It's unbelievable, right? Right. Here's uh, Brian in Maspeth Beach and Jerry's update. Brian, what do you got, buddy? Hey, I just had a quick question. The other day I was listening, you guys were on vacation, and uh, Francesca was on their uh, program. You know, your guy's show. On, and uh, uh, was he using that for publicity or was he just on, you know? Yeah, I guess they were all uh, patting themselves on the back about the 30 for 30. And it was a, uh, a let's kiss uh, Mike and Chris's ass uh, day here on The Fan. Um, so <laughs> if you're going to call and try to get an audience uh, just based on ratings, you might as well call the morning show. Yeah, well, that's what I, that's what I was thinking, you know. Um, you know, maybe he's a little uh, upset he's not number one anymore. Uh, I, I mean, I would think he is, but who knows? You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure how that goes. Um, maybe, you know, if you're just cruising on your last four months out the door, maybe you don't give a damn. Well, how do I know? <laughs> we weren't a part of it. I heard, obviously heard about it. Everyone's, you know, texting me and Boomer and tweeting us. Hey, what do you think about them going on your morning? <laughs> well, what are you what am I supposed to think about it? Huh? 
I mean, Moose worked for them. Or right. Worked with he was them, their I producer for a while. Yeah. Kim, uh, when she covered the Yankees, was on their show a lot, I think, right? Yeah. So, listen, I think they did the smart thing in having him on. Of course, Mark, Mark just... stepped in. He told me this morning, he goes, I told him they had to take a commercial break or something. I am the tiny tot of there the Kilowatt. Oh, man. there he is. There's he, your man. There's although your guy. Someone sent me video yeah. of Mark coming into the studio. He actually came in the studio. He huh? looks so happy. I mean, like, it was like, he was so happy. And I re- the audio that was sent to me was he calls him Doggy. Like, Mark was like... Oh, my like, God. Really? Well, I think Mark, he always called him that. Whatever. I do. Mark was like 20 years younger, full of life and vibrant, and he was so happy. Mike and Chris are back together on my station. Oh. <laughs> much hubadoo and much to me made go. about nothing. So yes, uh, I heard. I, I probably heard about five minutes of it because it was sent to me, and I became aware of it, and I'm clearly aware of it now. Uh, but yeah, Mark was giddy. Yeah, so happy. Oh yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Now, I don't think he's going to be lovey dory. Uh, lovey dory, <laughs> yes, he is. It's uh, it is funny how uh, people that work here at the fan reacted to the to the thirty for thirty. How I'm fascinated by that. You know, I forget a lot of times that from a, a radio um, job sta- standpoint that there's a good majority of people that work here that have never worked anywhere else. Like, WFN has been their only place of employment in radio, whether they start off as interns here and, be- and got jobs and stayed there, or they just, you know, came here as their first job, which in most radio stations is not the norm. Um, so I, I often forget that. Like, they, they've no other life experience radio-wise to compare it to other than the fans. Yeah, and, well, I was just to say, the thing about it is that 30 or 30, I know it's about Mike and Chris, but it's really about the radio station. Yeah, a lot I, of it is about the genesis of the radio station, where it came from, what it's all about. I didn't see it yet. I, I have it on DVR, but I've not seen it yet. A lot, and, about it was, a lot of it was about their fights, so honestly. Who, who was the guy before uh, Chernoff, uh, Mason? Yeah. So what I got out of this whole thing was that Mason... Uh, when when he put decided to put Mike and Chris together, I guess. Yeah. I guess Mike wanted the job all by himself. Yeah, they both. And, did. and, Ma- and Mason said, "Well, look, if you don't sh- if you show up Monday, then you'll be working here with Chris. If you don't, then you're not going to be here." Right. So I, I mean, I was like, I-, I thought that they did like what we did, like you know, okay, they here are two guys, th- put them together, and let's and neither go. guy complained about it. Right. Yeah, they never wanted to be together. Apparently, but, who knows? I, I mean, I just uh, I thought the reaction. What are you fighting over? Like what? Like what would they? What were they fighting over? Like the Giants and the Mets and the Yankees <laughs> and be, home runs and uh, who throws a slider? Yeah. I mean, really, honestly, grown men fighting over that stuff. Could be a, a random June Met Philly game that would, uh, you know. But it was kind of interesting. I mean, and you know, and I always think it, I always think that personality is what drives these radio shows, no matter who you listen to, what's going on. And I do believe in my heart that our radio show flows because of your personality, that it, it flows right through you, and it's fine. It's great. You're the Energizer Bunny and all that other stuff, and you're great at what you do, and you create firestorms and controversies. And the number one question I always get, how do you work with that moron, and how do you work yeah. with this idiot, and how do you work with that jackass? And I'm like, well, he's my jackass moron and idiot, and oh. I can work with him anytime, anywhere, anyhow, because he's really good at what he does. Becoming a jackass, a moron, and an idiot. But when I think about Mike and Chris and all those years that, you know, when I played here, then, of course, was a part of their program and everything else, 
what drove that was the reaction from Mike to Chris, because Chris was a yeah, lunatic. No, their interpersonal stuff was what it was. Yeah. I'm just amazed by the reaction uh, of the people that work here. It fascinates me. And listen, I listen to them all the time, too. They were a great show, no doubt about it. One of the great best shows, uh, team shows, in the history of radio. Uh, I've been jaded by it now because I don't like Mike, nor and he doesn't like me, and that's all well and good. But the reaction of people here is like, i never seen anything like that well, before What's the reaction? Life. Oh, I mean, you think they walked on water for people here, when the reality is that they couldn't have been worse to people that, in the building. That's not true. Yeah, not, it no, is. not about Chris. Absolutely Maybe not. not. Chris I don't know about Mike, Mike for but sure. Chris was about as friendly a guy as there was. Yeah, until you turned your back. That was the problem with Chris. <laughs> oh, the one God, thing I was the only, one thing I always liked about Mike is that he was an a hole to your face and behind your back. Mike was always <laughs> very quiet. And uh, Chris was like, love to show you doing terrific things there, Billy. And then as soon as you turn around, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, listen, it's... Uh, they stink! <laughs> That's right. Ah! So-called heinous crime. Oh, my well, God. Listen, you said it, I didn't. And I always find, uh, you know, we don't talk about ratings much on this show. Uh, I always find like, you could take the ratings and make them whatever you want to make them, right? Right. So the first story comes out and it goes, so lowest rated 30 for 30 in two years. Okay. Then Neil Best, who's on Mike's payroll, to the point of really just embarrassing himself. I mean, he wears knee pads four days a week. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's worn through at least five or six pairs. Uh, the way he's on Mike's jock, it, it's, it fascinates me that he calls himself a journalist. He's a total clown hack who's on Mike's payroll to the point where he can't write an article about anything or anyone without then referencing, and Mike's back on the radio today at one o'clock. It's, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And he denies that and thinks it's uh, uh, not true. I mean, go back and read 10 of the last 20 comms. It's it's driven towards one person. It's a joke. And, any, and then you have to pay extra for it if you're not an optimum uh, subscriber online. Which <laughs> is, is that a new report or an old tragedy. report? Um, but it's funny. And then, so the first report comes out, lowest rated 30 for 30 in two years. And then Neil comes out and goes, but it did a great number in New York, quadrupling that number and dominating its time slot in New York. Like you're being paid to, you know, be the, the you know, the spokesperson for the, you know, Mike and Chris. It's Team rises the crap. Anyway, here's Jerry with an update. Who cares? I said I, I, I mean, get, like, I'm interested in, the, in, in, like, I get interested in what was it about Daniel Murphy and Justin Turner that the Mets decided can't play for us? Murphy's batting 350 almost, uh, Turner's batting 370, and they're that. killing it, uh, but they weren't good enough to play for the Mets. So I like the, the off-the-field stories. What was it about them guys that the Mets said, no, not here, can't have that? So this, that's why I delved oh, I into that. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. Exactly right. All right. Meanwhile, Jerry's got an update with all the good stuff. All right. Brought to you by Chris Stapleton, July 20th, PNC Bank Art Center, July 21st, Northwell Health at Jones Beach Theater. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. We'll start with the Yankees and Red Sox because they completed their doubleheader last night. This was the play that pretty much, I'm not going to say sealed it, but this was the deciding factor you could make the case, especially with the judge head. There's the 1-0. Hit on the ground at third. And it goes past Torres, a base hit to left field. 
scoring his bets, and Boston takes a 3-0 lead on the RBI single from Dustin Pedroia. And so that's John Sterling, no. the fan. Regardless of whether Judge hit the home run or not, that put Boston up 3-0. They won 3-0 uh, as they split the two and split the four-game series. Mookie bets a home run on the third inning of this game as well. Here was uh, Joe Girardi. Uh, Judge had the home run taken away. Fair enough. He did not have a good weekend, though. He says, so be it. It's Major League Baseball. Went through a tough time for the first time this year. I mean, it's kind of what, you know, it's going to happen at some point. You're going to have a tough three or four days, five days. And the four well, days. Say they've had a tough 30 days. They have. You, I did not realize. I mean, I probably should have, but I didn't realize till yesterday morning that the Rays went past them. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And they've played good baseball, but even today they're still a half game up on the Yankees. Rays have played more games. That's why. They have. No, they have, but they've played the better than played people thought. The Yankees have played 90 games. Right, they're forty-seven, uh, the Yankees are 47 43. forty-seven, forty-three. Right, so they played ninety games. Forty-three. The Rays I, you know. have played ninety-three games. Right, so there you have it. Yep, exactly. That, the game that kills the Yanks is the Friday night game when you got the lead and Chapman on the mound because that would they would be one out in the loss. Well, you make the case though they shouldn't have won Saturday though. I, I to me it balanced itself out. They well, should have absolutely won Friday night. night. Yeah, uh, I mean it was just the whole weekend was Kimbrel very. Uh, Yes, uh, here this was funny from Saturday. I at least I found this amusing. Uh, by the way, the Yankees won Sunday afternoon three nothing. CC Sabathia walked a bunch of guys, but still went six. That's good a big innings. deal considering it's got eight I heard, wins uh, now. I heard some of that on the radio, and I heard I don't know, Susan had mentioned on the radio that you know he didn't do any type of real rehab stint. He did one simulated game. And I guess after the simulated game, he went to Girardi and Cashman and said, "I'm good. Yeah, let's just go." And they came to me. It's like I remember Matt Harvey. When they, the Mets went to him like an hour before the game, that afternoon game, whatever yes. it was, and, it and he, and so he well. spit the bit. Right. Well, they did the same thing to Sabathia. He pitched his ass off. And he said he was asked about it. He said, I've got a book on these. I've pitched on them a million times. I'm but ready the, to but go. But the difference between Harvey and Sabathia is that Sabathia basically is coming off of the all-star break, so he had more True. than enough rest. Plus, Harvey, by the way, has lost like 30 pounds. Has he My, really? He looks fantastic. Yeah, and he's going to be thrown in a couple weeks. He really looks... Frankly, a lot healthier than us. On the paleo diet, maybe? Or the I don't know what diet he's diet. on, but... Um, maybe the Duke's diet? I bumped into him the other day, and, and he is... I was like, Luckily. I didn't even know it was Matt Harvey. I offered uh, Al a uh, Gatorade yesterday, and he's like, turned it down. Well, I only drink calories. Water. A lot of sugar, sugar in it. A lot of sugar. Yeah, I only drink a lot water. Of sugar. And plus, you got to be running around. To drink Gatorade the right way, it's for an athlete. Yes. So you got to run away and replenish. That's nah, exactly right. Al works out. He's not really an athlete, so there's nothing to it replenish. It was very warm yesterday. A lot of replenishment. It was. We were replenishing. I want to be a bad guy here, but I'm going to be. Okay. I saw Al as he was walking down the uh, the stands to the field you know, before the game started. Yeah. And I thought he was dying. <laughs> he he looks sickly. He's very thin. No, it's, it's come to the point where it's He's like... I believe it's a it's a disease or sickness he no, has. Those uniforms I, are very tight. And I tr- I am now legitimately worried about you because I, you do not you had for a good period of time you were thin, healthy looking. You look sickly now. Little. I, I, I would meat. say that Al, you are like the opposite of me. Like I fill out the entire uniform. Yeah, yeah. You don't fill out any of the uniform. In fairness, yes. we're puffy. No, he's that's, normal. This has nothing to do with us. I agree. No, no, it is we're, because we, we look in the mirror and maybe. we think we're the norm. No, we're not, and we are the norm. Sadly, I'm, he we're is, fat. He has, we're men. I believe, he has. We're an, men, Jerry. He's got Stop it. certain guys that want to feel manly. Yeah, that's Al is the healthiest person manly. here. 
Yeah. I disagree with that. Yeah, well, you can disagree all you want. When was the last time Al was I, sick? I, I would say that he is the healthiest guy here. There's Al is no the healthiest no, guy there, here. There is no strain on his heart or anything. No, no there's not. Just his heart show. Just boom, 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 perfect. Nope. Uh, you're, Two Craig, years ago, you're I agree. Now he's slow though. I, he's sickly. He's like Wilma Flores. Oh, by the way, he's the, he had like a, a grand piano on his back trying, and his excuse was it's ninety feet. I go, I, you're still running though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see a single person on our team running out. Ground balls, not a single one. Well, of they you. should all be fired then. Agree. But see, I, instead of taking the criticism, you try no, to put I, another. You know, by, by the way, everybody from was you. running out balls. The only guy, the, like uh, Eddie, didn't run out of ball. Um, I actually was running. I heard, so, I heard there was someone that did not make an effort for a pop up. Is that me? Oh, that was Boomer. And then when he did, he almost sure fell down. Was. So it was a little. I'm Boomer The mound was right behind where he was pitching. So the first pop up to the mound, he said, "I'm not walking over the mound. It's dangerous." And then I think, you know, Ego took over the second time. He goes, fine, my ball. And we didn't catch that one either. My bad. I, I uh, misplayed a pop-up in the sun. Al missed the pop-up. And uh, we, listen, we should have won the game. And once again, we gave a game away. It all started, though, with the very first batter of the game, a uh, can of corn to a left center. And once again, Boomer's nephew, Randy, in his glove, out of his glove. Really? That set the tone. And the worst Randy part about dropped it, a fly yeah, ball. Yeah, a yep. pop-up. A pop-up. Not even like a running. And, you know, and, 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 and he didn't have to run for it either. And then, and then DiPietro basically decided, you know what? I'm going to have to take over for Randy because I can't trust him now. Right. So then DiPietro goes, tries to run in front. You know how Kirshner does? Yes. You know, yes. Uh, he tries to run in front of everybody and make every play because he's like the Tasmanian devil on the field. <laughs> yes. So now this becomes DiPietro's turn to become the Tasmanian yeah. devil. Another ball and drops. he goes to try to make a play in front of, in front of Randy, and Randy just sits there. <laughs> yeah. well, I don't want to get run over by him. Run over. He's a, he's a professional athlete, man. Yeah. I'm like, hard. man, what, what is this? Are you flesh and blood? What is this? He has tattoos. Oh, he might hurt me. Oh, yeah. A dysfunctional oh. group. I mean. Yeah. It is a very dysfunctional group, yeah. yeah Randy had a tough day. Really uh, tough day. You can't even say we had a good time, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, that was a good time. We had fun. No, it was fun. fun. We had fun. And it was, That's it was a, a great, great stadium, by the way, man. Yeah, what that else is really cool uh, Just quickly, we're running out of time here. The Mets did uh, lose. They were horrendous yesterday. Uh, well, Steven Matz was horrendous. He gave up seven runs before recording it out in the second inning. You had the Charlie Blackman inside the park home run that was not an inside the park home run. It was a real home run. But it was they, a real but, home run. But they counted it as an inside Inside the park right, there was no, and it made Curtis Grandison look bad. Yes. He saw it go over the orange line, but the, the umpires didn't. No need to review it because reviewed. he went all the right. Well, they, why? Because it should be a home run. It shouldn't be. A it still as, goes in the books as a home run, goes, though. as an inside the park home run. Well, there's no official stat for inside the park home run, is there? Um, I don't know that actually. That's a good question. Fact, Curtis Grandison was asked about it afterwards, and uh, it was uh, his. He's answer, like, "Why should I go after it? I know it's a home run. It was, it was a home run, right?" And so the Charlie guy's Blackman. speeding around the bases. And by the way, the whole Met team stopped. You know? Yeah. And it was. It hit the M&M sign. It was right. a home run. Exactly. So, whatever. They wound up losing. Now, by the way, that whole thing is stupid. The ball should go over the fence. I agree 100%. Line. The line is it ridiculous. It either goes over a fence or it doesn't. Like, like what's the point the, of that? If it hits the big green monster, is there a line on the big well, green monster? You know why they did it, right? Why? Because of David Wright. It was a whole team couldn't hit a home they run. couldn't hit home runs. Building. So, you have a nice wall there. And, you know, you put advertising on it. It's all well and good. Uh, but there's the, the, the orange but, tape. Why is the orange tape there? Because the Mets couldn't hit it over it. I'm with Boomer, though. They already pulled the fences in. Just leave the wall I, what it is. Way, I agree with both of you. It should be Crazy. off the wall is get as much as you can. Over the wall is a home run. Yep. Why we have this dopey orange line? And they're not the only ones that do it. There's a number of stadiums that have a dopey line. Uh, think, it's beyond me. I think it's Arizona or Milwaukee. I forget. They have it in center field. Stupid. Like, I, mean, I think it's now, Arizona. Their argument's going to be that there's separate walls, that the M&M uh, facade. The M&M thing is 
is right is, over the top of it. It's a. It's not connected to it. I don't care. It's right over the top of it. That it, I agree. Just hit it over the M M&M and M sign. Right, and maybe win. A, we should win M and Ms or something. Yeah, or something. If a New York Met hits a home run to let to that everybody part of the gets M and Ms. Everybody gets M and Ms. Of course, only the Mets. They would do that, and then the ball would slip through the crack between the M and Ms. We're not giving out any M and Ms. No, no, it didn't hit it. It did not hit it. Uh, the Nationals did beat the Reds fourteen four. You mentioned Daniel Murphy, two home runs, five RBIs. It really is ridiculous. And the Dodgers have won nine straight, beat the Marlins three two. Mentioned the Ozuna catch. Well, Justin Turner did hit a home run. Uh, he's batting. 374, Craig. Justin Turner's batting 374. Justin Turner, how many many at-bats does he have? He's soon going to start qualifying if he doesn't already because he missed, what he missed, about 45 days, I would say, because of injury. So right now now they have Daniel Murphy leading the National League with 348 uh, batting average. Justin Turner doesn't have enough at-bats to register for that, right? Right, correct. All right, so the point being is that you could have Daniel Murphy and Justin Turner fighting for MVP. Well, certainly fighting one two for uh, a lot of offense. Well, I don't think Turner will, but you can certainly make the case that they're going to be one two batting wise. Let me ask you this: If the Dodgers win the division, which it clearly looks Daniel like they Murphy will, has Cody one RBI. If, but let's say if Turner goes on a two month, you know, continues his tear, and let's say he bats three eighty. Well, I'm just putting it out there, sure. right? Three seventy, fine. He bats three seventy and has. How many at bats do you have now? Any idea? Uh, I have the. I know he's not on the major list. Tell me how many at bats. If he bats three eighty and Bellinger cools off, he's got a shot. If Bellinger hits fifty home runs, yes, right. The problem is that he's on the same team as Bellinger. Bellinger, if you remember, things really turned for them when Bellinger was called up and started going nuts with the home run ball. And by the way, Clayton Kershaw, I think, is thirteen and two. He's got two hundred thirty-eight at bats. Boom. Right, go towards go back a little bit. So sixty games to go. So if he's got. 65 games, four at bats a game. That's 260 more at bats. So he is he he could get to 500 at bats. That's yes. possible. Yeah, but he might come a little short. But he's still, only got, he's only got 11 home runs and 39 RBIs because he missed all those right. games. So if you double those numbers, yep, right. If 20 plus home runs, 90 RBIs, and he bats 370 on a team that wins the division by 20 games. He'd have to be in the conversation, wouldn't he, Boom? Well, you know, the interesting thing is, is that Justin Turner has 238 at-bats. Cody Bellinger has 269 at-bats. Yep. You know, so they're relatively close in, in the amount of games they've played as well. Bellinger's played 33 and Justin Turner 68. Well, so it'll be interesting. I, 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 I just think because Justin Turner is batting what he's batting, 374. He's got to be in the conversation. It, as long as he continues to do what yeah. he's doing. But I, you know, Daniel Murphy's just having another unbelievable year. Daniel Murphy, I mean, back might be back the unbelievable years. That whole Jesus lineup God. is absurd. Can't play for the Mets, though. I mean, the Mets couldn't have worse luck. Do you, he would not be batting when he's batting. How do you he know? Here. No, because he's, he's in a lineup that is ridiculous. I don't buy that crap. But Plus, he's also that, healthy the with the okay? Washington Nationals. He wouldn't be healthy with the Mets. Murphy has come out and said it. So... You who are you pitching around to pitch to a guy batting three fifty? Well, do you want to pitch to Anthony Rendon and Bryce Harper and Zimmerman? Well, I mean, and, I mean it's ridiculous. Them, right? Every single one of and those guys, and they're all batting in the three hundreds. I mean, it's pick your poison. And every single one of those guys kills the Mets. The every one guy you'd one. want to pitch to in that group would probably be the guy that doesn't hit as many home runs. Although, what's he got? Seventeen now. Are you talking about Rendon, or are you talking about Murphy? I'm talking about Murph. Ridiculous, right? So the New York Mets—that's great, Matt. That's great uh, front office uh, decisions there. Justin the Turner in. can't play for us. Oh, and neither can Murphy. Neither can Murphy. 
He's a there, net negative. There was not one Met fan that thought it was a bad thing letting Justin Turner I remember go. yelling and screaming wasn't. the day they got rid of Justin Turner saying, why are you getting rid of one of our guys? You go back and check the tape. The net negative. The net negatives. Maybe they didn't like his religious beliefs either. Please. <laughs> At the end do. of the day, just if a guy can play ball, he can play ball, let him play ball. Look, they're net negatives. Because I know Neil Walker's killing for the Mets right now. He's hurt. I know who's uh, playing third. Uh, T.J. Rivera, who is who killing it right now. Oh, by the course, way. He, he had nine-game oh, hit they'll, streak. They'll, that set him down. They'll, they'll get rid of him next year, <laughs> so don't worry about it. They did. Don't forget, last game before the All-Star break, he had a nine-game hit streak. And what did they do? He's not playing today. Stupid. As Forrest Gump said, stupid is what the Mets do. <laughs> <laughs> Boomer and Carton on the fan. Your call's coming up. It's Boomer and Carton. Mornings from 6 to 10 on the fan. Boomer's out on Friday. That's right. Um, I think Governor I mean, Christie's I could take out. like four weeks off uh, straight. I don't do that. I mean, you took... You took eight days Why off. Why you have to throw to me? You took eight Just straight days off. Yourself. I didn't do that. Just answer for yourself. I, I take one here, here I take got... one there. I try to keep this thing together here. Don't talk about me. Just answer for yourself. That's all. Answer for yourself. All right. I just All did. you got to do is answer for yourself. That's all. Um, yeah, so Boomer and Carton are on the fan. Uh, a quick thing before I get back to your calls. Yo, it's funny. Boomer sent me a text yesterday, which came totally out of left field, and I wasn't expecting it. And it, it, it's uh, it, what he said is indicative of what's going on right now this summer. And that is, for the first time, maybe ever, um, summer league basketball is being watched, and it's being watched in record numbers. Now, a lot of that has to do, to be fair, with Alonzo Ball uh, and what comes along with uh, his dad and everything else. Uh, exactly. And he's played great, by exactly. the way. Well, he got off to a bad start his first game. You remember he came in the next morning, oh, he can't shoot. Well, he's yeah. not a great shooter. Yeah, he hadn't played a basketball game in three months. Kind of like our softball team. We haven't played a softball game in six weeks, and it looks like we've never played before. But uh, but since that first game, this kid has been off the charts, man. He has been so everything the average. And rightfully so. So I, I, I think it's his basketball playing prowess first, most, first and foremost. Look, but his dad Yeah, but I think it's a few creates. things. Uh, I think it's also the best NBA draft talent-wise we've had in a long time. So, for example, when they played the Sixers, you wanted to see Fultz against him. You but know he didn't I mean? play. Now, well, they did play that game. Fultz got hurt. That's where he hurt his ankle towards the end of that game. The, so the reality is that you have a guy who off the court has transcended a lot because his dad's big mouth. And to the kid, I know it's only, what, four or five games? But to his credit, when put on the court with a chance to shine, and again, he's not a great shooter. He never will be, in my opinion. Oh, he made some plays. He's but been he's making a plays playmaker. now. The, the, he is far and away better than everybody on the court that he's playing against right now. So when the real men show up, we'll find out just how good he is. But you know, you got to remember, he's six foot seven And thin he, as anything. He'll grow into it. But he he also handles the ball like he's, you know, five foot ten. No, he's a, and, yeah. he, and I... I believe that he is about as gifted a passer as you're ever going to see. I mean, just watching, I didn't, I watched him a little bit in college, and I, you know, obviously you get interested because the dad's got a big mouth. Yep. But watch, watching him play in this uh, in this summer league, and watching some of the passes that he's thrown, and at with at such ease to throw those passes. Yeah. No. He listen. He's proven that he thus far is worthy of where he got picked. Now, like you said, when the big boys show up to play, and he's getting out muscled by guys that weigh thirty pounds more than him. And at the same height as him, it'll be interesting. But uh, it's been it's been fun watching him and a lot of these other kids play. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Tatum with the Celtics might be the best of all of them. By the way, he's been killing it in the summer league. Now, I don't know. I mean, this this kid Alonzo Ball has lived up to every 
little bit of hi- or any hype that has been thrown his way, this summer league basketball, he's worth the price of admission to just go and watch yep. it. Now, quick thing on the New York Giants, because I tease it that the Giants, it's not how you want it, but you take it because I've above the notion that you know, you don't if you could play a team when they're not healthy and at their best, that's when you want them. You want every advantage possible to win games. So the story came out over the weekend, I think Adam Schefter was the first to report it, that it does look like the NFL is going to suspend Ezekiel Elliott for that nonsense that went on with uh, the, the woman, uh, I guess a year ago, which he was accused of doing A, B, and C, and he's not been found guilty of anything, but I guess there's enough, uh, there's enough stuff there where something obviously went down, and the NFL, it looks like, is going to suspend him for a game or two. That is good news for the Giants. I want to be clear about what I'm saying. I don't want that to be taken as me being cavalier at all about what he's accused of doing. I'm looking at football solely from football, and if you play the Cowboys without Ezekiel Elliott, you got a much better shot of beating them. And on September 10th at MetLife Stadium, guess what? You want to play them at their weakest if possible, well, the, and you may get that chance. I would say the interesting thing for him is uh, I, I guess you could fight it, you know what I'm saying? You could you could appeal it you for could appeal sure, it, and then I don't know if that would be a quick appeal or it would be later on in the season. So my gut is that if you're if they're going to suspend you for one game or two games, and, get it over with, and you know what you know what took place between yeah. you and the, and the and the woman. I have no idea what it is, but you know what took place, and they've done a, a I mean, goddamn, it's like a year long investigation into it. At this least point. that. Um, I could see if they said four games, maybe you, you appeal it. If they're telling you, look, you're going to miss one game, two games, my gut tells me he just sits it out. I would think so. You know? but, That's um, my gut, though. But you know, they, they have also, the Giants they, they, they week one. They also they have, have quality two. running backs. they got Alfred Morris, I believe. they got McFadden down there. Right. I well, mean, it's true. not like you're not going to be playing against somebody that can't play. I mean, But you'd rather uh, play him without him. Well, sure you would. You know, so that was, that was the good news that the New York Giants got over the weekend. It's not official yet, but it appears that it, it will be. Here is uh, Damien in Middletown on the fan. D, what's cooking, buddy? Damien, you there, kid, or no? We have one of them problems again now, or is he just not capable of... He's just uh, not capable. He's just not capable of using the phone properly. I watched as soon as I hit drop. Damien! Okay, no good. Here is uh, Irvin Paramus on the fan. Irv, what do you got today, Hammer? Well, hello, Boomer, and hello, Greggy. Uh, The first thing I think I'd like to say is thank you very, very much. Uh, Over the past decade, for the handful of times that you uh, have made reference to Bob Wolf, I also was a student of his. I read his book on sportscasting where he does mention you as being one of just a handful of students of his that uh, were serious and went on to have successful careers. I don't think most of your listeners have any idea what a wonderful and extraordinary man he 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 was. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I remember seeing him interviewed uh, at the funeral of Bill Mazur about five years ago. Right. And, uh, the last few years, I've always been checking in on Sunday mornings to make sure that Rick Wolf was at his station, uh, just thinking no news is good news. Let, and me, I uh, let me tell you a story. Rick did his show yesterday. I'm going to tell you a story real quick about Bob. I, okay. I put this out on Twitter for those people that are on Twitter. Um, Boom and I have done this show for 10 years. 
And you have, I mean, a million guests have come through these doors that we've had on well-known people. Uh, and in 10 years, and I don't, I don't, no expectation for it, because I don't think you've ever done it, or maybe I've, I've never done it. Um, three men that have been on this show have written me or us handwritten personal letters after coming on our show. Right. Three of them. Earl Campbell was the latest to do it and sent us a, be- a really nice note and actually an autographed uh, jersey. That's one. Number two, Jerry Seinfeld wrote me a note uh, after coming uh, on with us at one point. He didn't write me a note. No, that's right. He wrote me a note. Wrote you a note. Why did he write you a note? Didn't fan, write me a note. Fan of, the, fan of what I do. Oh, okay. And number three was Bob, Bob Wolf, Wolf, which yeah. I have uh, you know, tacked to uh, my wall in front of where I sit, and I, I tweeted it out today. I don't know why that resonates with me, because you don't have any expectation that, oh, hey, we just had Grant Hill on. Is he going to write me a note? I don't expect it. But he wrote just a very thoughtful, nice note, which uh, you know you remember and you hold on to. So yes, he's he was a- that kind of man. He reached out not just to the community but to his students. And unfortunately, most of the classes I was in, I was the only one that was interested. Most of the well, kids you didn't sound even like you're uh, a bit older as well, if I may say. I'm 63. So how old were I you t- when you took his course or class? Uh, in my 30s, I took four or five different classes, and yeah. there was only one girl who went on to any uh, uh, broadcasting uh, success. She, her, she was, her name was Lisa Winston, and she wrote uh, high school sports for the Gannett Papers. Good. And then I, I noticed her byline in the uh, newspaper, USA Today Baseball of the Week. She did minor league sports. Other than that... People, uh, there, there was some shitty kids that uh, well, didn't I, know I, I we <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I appreciate that, and uh, he obviously is a special part of my life as well, Irv, so I appreciate what you're saying there. Boy, Irv dropping the bomb. How, how about that? <laughs> did not expect that from Irv. You I never did not know. at all, man. He had us do, um, uh, remember you know that old, the video that's out there of me with hair as like a, a 17-year-old interviewing the guy from Africa? Who actually like killed a lion and was royalty and so this whatever small African nation he's from? Do you remember that? Yeah, no? yeah. Did you do that interview? So what well, we did, we put on a like a TV newscast was one of the things we did uh, at, at a cable station in Tarrytown. Okay. And I I did a one on one. I'm sure you guys have it somewhere. Um, with this one of the kids in the class. I got it. Was uh, from you know a place in the world you probably couldn't find on a map. Um, wore like African robes. You know, to class and whatnot, and uh, and I interviewed him, and uh, th- that's the type type of stuff you, know, you got to do. You know, I remember he took us to Yankee Stadium, and uh, that you know, like one of the first things I saw you do when you do when and you still do it, you make these big boards up when you do a Monday night game. Yes, and it's someone taught you that because it's an old school broadcaster thing. Right. So I remember back in 1985, Bob Wolf brought one of those in. And he had his boards, and what the boards are, you can describe it better than me. Well, basically what a board is, it just gives you uh, notes and, and gives you the jersey numbers. My boards particularly are done where I, I wonder where the kid went to college, where he was drafted, if there are any statistics that he has built up for the season, or maybe a career st- statistics, or you know something like, it depends on where you are in the season, and the boards will reflect the players that you're talking and about. And there's like a little box, their number, now, and it's where they line up. Right, so Marv Albert had a board, and so does Ian Eagle. They all have boards. They all have boards, and Kevin Harlan. So the three guys that I and I remember, I think Howard David also did this. Their boards were all handwritten, and Kev and Kevin 
and I think I, I think Ian does this too. Has a, like a Manila folder, and they have and they just handwrite all these little notes that they want to get to throughout the game. Right. I mean, I don't have like I can't do that. Right. I can't sit down for like three hours and write all this stuff down like <laughs> these guys do. But this is what they do for a living, and this is how they do it, yep. and this is how they refer back to some notes very, that they want to bring forward. To, it's an uh, old school the game. thing, yeah. and that's why when you hear a radio announcer, especially say he's a six four freshman from Mississippi, he's reading off his board. He's got his board. So I'll never forget, Bob Wolf came in one day and he had all these boards, and I looked at one or two of them. I was fascinated by it, right? And then I realized these weren't boards from like just any game. Like, he had, like, the Cotton Bowl, you know, for the national championship. Did he, did he have the uh, the Colts and the Giants uh, championship game? I don't remember seeing that one. But he had, like, the boards from games that, like, changed the course of sports history. And he just brought them in, put, put them on the table and said, this is how you prepare. Because one of the things we do is play-by-play. This is how you prepare to do a game. You know, it was amazing. I was like, I can never do that. Well, you know what you and the thing about it is, you actually did a couple play-by-play games. You did the Nets a few times, and you also did the Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yep. And you didn't have any boards in front of you. No. Somehow you did what you did. But I see that was the one thing I think was missing during those those games that you did. Well, the hockey was the basketball. uh, No, to me, I couldn't do it that way. And I'm like, guys don't do boards for basketball. I think they all do them for football. I don't think, I think those boards that they set up, I believe it's football only. Right. But I don't think Ian Eagle goes to a game and I think he probably writes down notes. Yeah. But I don't think he has LeBron James, you know, power forward. <laughs> you know, in a no, box. I don't. But I think he does have points per game and he probably has total points and whatever. But I don't Who knows. Know. I just show up and do it. So you just show up and do well, it. Well, just easier that way. Why get bogged down in all the crap? Just announce. <laughs> like to me, my job is to announce what I see. Yes. Right. And that's yes. What, your job is to keep filling all the facts and that crap. You should keep. Boards. That's not my job. Well, I'm saying my, my, we my job it. is to analyze what I see. Yeah, I'm just telling you. You set it up, I knock it down. That's, that's the way it. it works. We 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 should do more play by play. No, we shouldn't. We but don't have I time. do have one request. Yes. I've never asked you for nothing. Now they're wrong. This Al and I were talking about this this morning. I would like to do an NFL game. I can't make that happen. Yeah, you can. No, I can't. Yeah, you know you could. No, I can't. I don't care if it's a even if it's an off air thing. I want to go be in the booth, and I I want to do an NFL game with you. And you know full well you could make that happen. No, now I, I could probably man. pick up the phone, make a couple calls, but you could just knock it out, boom. And here's what I'm thinking. It would take you replacing somebody no, no. who has it a real job. Fair, it could be an all-fair thing. What do you mean an all-fair thing? I want actually. I want the experience of doing like a Jet or Giant preseason game. The executive producer is Howard Denneroff. Call him up. Call him up. And I view it this way. You know, I, Howie. I think Showtime would go for it, especially now. You see our. You see your pal. With, with McGregor at all or no? Yeah, I have. Steven Espinosa. Yeah, he's, he's all up in this thing. It's Boomer and Carton. Mornings from 6 to 10 on The Fan. Well, Portland now is uh, retail. There's a player on Portland that is uh, now wooing him since the Houston thing, although it's not dead, you know, took a turn and apparently the Knicks pissed a lot of people off, but they're, they're too bad. It's The Knicks got to do what's good for the Knicks, and they bring a new guy in here who's going to have some say in what goes on. You know, take a breath, take a step back, let's figure out what is going on, and then make a decision that's best for the Knicks. So I got no problem with the last 48 hours from the Knicks perspective. Right, but the point being is that I, I think Carmelo's already got it in his brain that he's out of he here. He thinks he's going to Houston. He, right. Um, so my gut is that it doesn't matter if there's a new sheriff in town. 
Carmelo Anthony's gone, mentally gone. Yeah, I think he's mentally and gone. I, you know, and I get that. It's kind of interesting. So the so the Bengals are doing their like fifty year history. All right. And so they're taking us all down memory lane, and you're reading about some of the things that went on, and and how guys got drafted or guys got shipped away or whatever. Sure. And I remember, you know, my last year in Cincinnati before I went back there. You know, at the end of my career, right? Um, and they had drafted a you know David Klingler out of the University of Houston. And I remember I basically checked out. I was just like, you know, I, I can't right. deal with David Shula and and you know and David Klingler and the whole new Bingle way of doing things after Sam Weish had been fired. And you know, so I, I I basically lasted one year, and I knew that it was the end. My my time had come to an end, right? And I they didn't try to convince me. They traded me to the Jets and all that other stuff. And I was just trying to put myself in Carmelo's situation where, you know, I think I'm gone. I'm gonna, I, there's nothing I can do here. And I think Phil Jackson was right with when he said, look, if you want to win a championship, you're going to have to go do it somewhere else because we're right. really far away from doing that here. Yep. The one thing I do like about what the Knicks did, and I did, and I said this when, um, when Wally Zerbiak was here the first day that you took off yeah. that elongated vacation. That Very you had, long. Um, I, I said, look, why not just give the the president's job to Steve Mills? He's been in a loyal, he's been a loyal employee here. He's been here for, you know, God knows how long. He's been quiet underneath Phil Jackson and Donnie Walsh and everybody else and Grunwald and every. He's always been the one guy that's there. Give him a shot to do what he's doing. Yeah. And now he goes out and he gets Scott Perry, who supposedly, by all accounts, you know, has has the track record and the pedigree that you want your GM to have well in the NFL. Of. I mean, in the NBA. So. So, so at least that point, they're getting it right. And the thing that I like about what I've read now, young, athletic, young, athletic, right. young, athletic. And that's what every sport should be, young and athletic. That's what the Yankees are. Yankees nice. are young and athletic. That's right. You know, the Rangers uh, retool themselves as young and athletic. You want to be young and athletic. So I, I like what the Knicks are saying right now. I like what they're doing. Uh, it's just a matter of time before Carmelo is out of here. I know they want to meet with Carmelo, but I don't think that's to convince him to stay here. Maybe it's to convince him to open up his mind to maybe other be traded to another team, maybe somebody like Portland. Well, or suppose like there's just Cleveland and uh, Houston, but now Portland uh, showing some interest. Maybe we'll see a player well, to player, a player there. Player. Who yeah, knows? You never know. Anyway, Jerry Reckless here. I know that, and he's got an update. Good morning. We are brought to you by Amtrust Title, led by industry veteran Steve Napolitano. Amtrust Title, you're on solid ground. Sunday night baseball from Fenway Park. Yankees, after dropping uh, the game on Friday night, the Araldus Chapman game, they get the extra inning marathon game Saturday. Then Sunday afternoon, get a win 3 nothing. They were going to try to make a 3 of 4, and they couldn't get it done. They lost 3 nothing along the way. You had this play from Jackie Bradley Jr. with the slumping Aaron Judge to play. Aaron is 0-4-3 in the nightcap. And the pitch is swung on and hit in the air to deep center. Away back. It is high. It is far. It is caught by Bradley. He stole a home run from Judge. Now, would have made the game three oh, if you were the eighth. So I saw you was. Zuna catch in the, in the Miami game. Remarkable. The Zuna catch was unbelievable. Yes. I mean, this is a good catch. But you expect somebody of, of Jackie Bradley Jr. to go up and I make that play. I think the best play. part of that catch, though, is the fact that he uh, probably had to run about 20, 30 yards to get to it. Um, and, you know, turned his back and goes and then finds the wall and obviously makes a, a really good catch. And that's what it was. It was a really good catch that Rob Judge of a two-run home run. I mean, he hit that ball 418 feet. He did. And you know? Price was quoted after as saying that uh, he thought it was going to hit the Jumbotron and thought the wind blew it back I think in. The, I think the best part of the game for the Yanks in a loss is that Tanaka looked really good. Here is Joe Girardi, seven and two-thirds from him. I thought he made one bad pitch, you know, one slider that didn't do much. Besides that, 
I thought he was really good. About 3 nothing the final. David Price, eight innings, eight strikeouts for the win. Craig Kimbrell, the save. Craig Kimbrell. Uh, in terms of Judge, he obviously has not hit since the break ended. It's only four games. But that said, Girardi says day off coming. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking either Tuesday or Wednesday, and I've already told him, you know, that's probably what I would do. And, uh, I mean, he just hit the ball 418 feet. The guy makes a great catch. He's tired, Craig. You He's know, very I mean, tired. <laughs> If he if he hits a two run home run there, no, I don't think anyone's talking about. Oh, right, but he's exhausted, so he he's will get a day ex- off this well, yeah, week. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> Yankees, uh, Yankees will be in Minnesota tonight. Brian Mitchell will get the start. There's nothing the exhausting about playing baseball. It's listen, it's a lot of standing around. It can be taxing right. on your back. It's now, the way good. we play softball, I mean, we might be sore for a day, a day or two, but we're also in our mid to late forties or fifties, and we play once every month. How many right. games we got left, by the way? Yours, I think. Is that it? One. August 24th is the last game we got? Correct. I wonder why we're waiting so long to play it. We always play at that time, don't we? The end uh, of August? Who knows? That just means i got to take the 25th off now. Oh, cool. Yeah, that would be a great idea. Don't you think? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Shouldn't play softball on a Thursday night and have to get to up To me, that's Friday the one morning. mistake we Agreed. make every year. Is working the day after the new yeah, show game? Yeah, because for most of us, the newer show game is quite far. Yeah. And it's, you know, you look well, at the clock, rather just enjoy it. I and would then... do that, but and I think you would get great joy out of it. You bring your kids a lot of times. Yeah. Boomer always enjoys being there. Eddie is typically uh, down for the pound. But Al, if, if Al's going to show up and be miserable going to the state, to the field and bitch and moan about that and actually get there five hours early and sleep in his car because, God forbid, you come with us to Greasy Nicks or you, you go to, you know, uh, to Beachmont for wings or enjoy ourselves, uh, have a drink or two, and then maybe have a drink or two after the game as well, there's no point in us taking the next day off if you're going to be miserable anyway. Well, speaking as Al's work uh, spouse, uh, he is less miserable if we're off the next day. That is, is that, true. But that if, is I, true. if I'm going to hear this at 9 o'clock at night, I just, just, just want to get back to Jersey. Don't want to have to do late traffic. Then I'm not changing it. No, I, I would not be in a rush to get home if we're, I was off the would next day. Would you stay and drink after the game? Well, not drink as, as I still have to drive home right. in two hours. But but you, or you could have Gina drive. Whatever. Would and you'd stay and I maybe would stay and enjoy go out a, for dinner. A, a grizzly Nick's burger and fries. With you guys, wings at the wing <laughs> the place, Beachmont. Beach <laughs> yeah, uh, is the Beachmont that bar on the corner we go to? Yeah, that's that no would be parking. fun. Here, I won't. I it decided I after going to that Staten oh. Island Yankee Stadium. <laughs> yeah, from now on, I'm only going places that have a parking lot for uh, their place. Like these restaurants. I'm with them on this. Like well, these uh, restaurants. Yeah, the problem with that place is that you know you had construction and everything else going on all over the place. But I don't know how like you. Build a restaurant. Let's say you're, you're going to open up Boomers, and you have no parking lot. What? Well, I mean, there a, was the, a parking lot next I, to you it. You could say you could say that about every restaurant in New York City. Yeah, right. I'm with that. that's why I don't go, go out. But, <laughs> but even like, <laughs> there's some places down the Jersey Shore. It's a restaurant with no parking lot. I'm not. I'm not fighting for parking to go eat any, at your restaurant. Main, any, any there is main street in any main town. Like I'm sure Basking Ridge is not a lot of parking. Oh, there's parking lots. There is parking lots. Yeah. <laughs> So you're I a think big they parking lot guy. So big. that's where you decide when you want to live Who's somewhere. not a big parking lot guy? Pa- they better have parking Parking lot, lot in a driveway. You know, I love yeah. you. 
But I don't know how she puts up with you. I don't either. My favorite he- song is Pave Paradise, Put Up a Parking Lot. <laughs> <laughs> what else, Jerry? <laughs> He's right about that. Uh, Red Sox, Toronto tonight. Razor and Oakland mentioned that because you've got uh, the Yankees and the standings and all that stuff. As far as the Mets, uh, this is how the day, essentially, though he still faced another batter. Here's how the day ended for Steven Matz. 2-2 to Arenado. Swing and a drive, well hit, left center, it's deep, Granderson going back at the track, at the wall, it's gone, a three-run homer for Nolan Arenado. Howie Rose on WOR, that made it 7-0 with nobody out in the second. Uh, Not good, especially when you consider how much success Seth Lugo was having the day before, Howie was uh, certainly quick to mention that. And so Seth Lugo has a nice... Bulge. When things are going well, certainly makes sense. A thirteen four was the final score yesterday. Nice they, bulge to work with. They <laughs> they start whacking it. They actually no. It. They were uh, Colorado was whacking it all over City Field. Yeah, Nine nothing were. lead in the fourth. Oh Trevor God. Story a two run double. Uh, Charlie Blackman an inside the park home run. That's uh, well, it was a regular home run. And Gerardo Parra homered in the eighth inning. Here's Matt's. What happened? It just wasn't, wasn't really sharp today, and. You know, I was leaving balls right over the middle of the plate, and they were hitting it. Yeah, and so well, they, they needed a sweep. They really needed. They a did, sweep, and man. they didn't get it. By the way, you know the Braves are actually at 500 now, yes. at 45 and 45. Uh, Mets, Cardinals tonight. Zach Wheeler, Adam Wainwright, the starters there. Uh, Nationals hammered the Reds 14 to four. The story yet again. Now the pitch. Murphy swings, hits it high and deep to right field. Back goes Winker to the warning track at the wall. It is gone. Goodbye. Three rows deep. Zoom goes Daniel Murphy oh. with a two-run, two-out blast here. Daniel yeah, he had wow. another home run in that I, I game think as well. He's negative. No, he's no, he's no, no, he's no, a triple he's positive he's right a triple now. Positive is yeah. right. Uh, they won fourteen to four. Two homers, five <laughs> RBIs for Murphy. And by the way, Washington got some bullpen help as they acquired Ryan Madsen and Sean Doolittle from the A's for Blake Trinan and a pair of prospects. And the Dodgers beat the Marlins three-two. Best team in baseball. They've won nine straight. Justin Turner, uh, a home run. Uh, he's batting 374. And the Cubs shut out the Orioles 8 0. Jose Quintana in his Cubs debut, seven innings, 12 strikeouts in the win there. I know we're out of time, but uh, again, have to mention the passing of the great Bob Wolf. He was 96 years old, and as you pointed out earlier, Boomer was still working uh, mm-hmm. very, up to very recently. Uh, and interesting, his son Rick did his show yesterday uh, morning on the fan. So just. Just a terrible uh, with the passing of Bob Wolf and Roger Federer did win Wimbledon for like the 400th time. Yeah, the upside Eighth is that time. he got to live to 96. Yes, you know, so had a uh, great. Uh, I think he had nine uh, grandkids. You know, maybe six or seven great grandkids. And if you could sign up for 96 and be with it, you know, uh, mentally it. and everything else, Definitely I think every one it. of us would sign up for that. And I know they're going to have a private uh, uh, funeral for him, et cetera. But thoughts, of course, go out to the Wolf family. I was uh, doing some, <laughs> some research. Okay. Uh, during Jerry's update there. Because I like to do research. Research is fun for me sometimes. Yep. Especially when it's a topic I really enjoy. It's Boomer and Carton. Mornings from 6 to 10 on The Fan. We use that uh, to play audio on this show. <laughs> yes. They're really hurting our program. <laughs> They're really doing us do a terrible disservice. Do the illegal eagles that know that what they're doing and how they're impacting this show or no? I'm sure they're not thinking about that. How but do you know we, it was shut down? Oh, because I I got confirmation oh, okay. that it has been shut down. Got it. It says it on his thing, shut down. Ah, oh, that guy um, was like a service aide for us. Like they have like, the ten ten yeah, wins. Like in a weird way, Sports Funhouse, although no connection officially to us, really was a producer of our show because yeah. he provided us access. He took the time to work. 
to catch all of the funny stuff that happens on my show so that we can easily uh, access it and use it. So I would ask the powers that be, if it got that far, uh, to, uh, you know, allow him to do what he does really as an adjunct to our show. And what's more important than our show here? Oh, I forgot. I guess there's some things. There are a few things. And <laughs> here we go. How are you doing, everybody? Michael Bandog, mornings, Michael. Ten, I, I thought you didn't even know that the station existed from 6 to 10. Mm. <laughs> Is there any sense you're calling in? <laughs> oh, you're calling in. Number one. <laughs> At the lowest rate. Of the <laughs> they love us. The one thing I keep hearing, Michael, was it should be longer. Why? All is okay if it ends well, and it looks like it has. People oh. are clamoring for more of us. Clamoring. 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 K-L. The clamoring. U-H-M. No, clamoring. I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I love how, <laughs> you know, depending on your take on yes. the guys. Yes. Um, you know, one, there's two, there's two trains of thought here. One, you know, there's the Neil Best train of thought. They're fantastic. It's the one of the most wonderful thing. Oh, 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 radio. Oh, oh. Off your knees, Neil. Stand up like a man. Um, <laughs> then there's the other take on it, which is the exact opposite. It's really, uh, it's fat. And it's got nothing to do with me. It's love hate thing. It's, like, it's kind it, of a love hate thing yet. or what? There's one aspect of, oh, embarrassing, uh, disgraceful numbers. How could you ever put that on TV? And the other side is, oh, they're wonderful. We want it longer. So I guess it just depends on your take. But people here are like guffawing over it. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, you don't like, like that. They haven't been here in 10 years together. Right. Well, eight, right? Well, they time. do a lot of reunion shows, though. Yes, it's almost That's like true. they never left, right. right? Yeah. Jerry, did you watch it? I did, actually. You did? I did. Did you comment on it on social media? No. Smart. I did not. It was nothing. I didn't, whatever. I was disappointed in it. I didn't feel like I learned anything. I feel I feel bad that because of our connection with Eddie, that Eddie was blackballed from it. That's, uh, I feel bad for Why Eddie. Why was Eddie blackballed? I mean, a lot because of people Eddie's, weren't in it. Because Eddie's one of Well, John Minko wasn't in it. Well, I, I, yeah, he I was in it. Minko was in it. He spoke in it? He did, yeah. Is that I, true? You you I, remember that. Once. I did watch Maybe. it. I don't remember that. And then, the, like, to I me, just, and I feel bad for you, Eddie, and I don't know if you're bothered by it or not. My guess is at the end of the day, you don't give a crap. That would um, be correct. But but still, you they didn't even, it wasn't like you got edited out. You just weren't included. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> well, Eddie, you just weren't included. Eddie, let me just be the bearer of bad news. Well, you knows. were not included. Like, they, I. Well, there were a lot of people that weren't I included. I watched it probably today, but. Like Damon and Mandalore is on it. Well, did so Why? You, you didn't see it at all. I've not seen it. Yet. When you I've watch seen a couple it today, clips of it. okay. When you watch it today, explain yeah. to me why. And I, no disrespect to the man, there was some writer who commented in the first fifteen minutes nonstop about it. Not seeing it, I guarantee you. Whoever that was. writer was, he was probably very uh, positive and. Oh, uh, wasn't bad. I just I didn't know as someone who's been here for twenty years. I didn't know who that was. Eddie's been here for. 30 is the guy years. still writing? Is the I, guy still writing? I'm not was sure. It Richard Dice. It was no, it wasn't. I know. Or who uh, Pablo Sandomir. No, it was not. Or it was Richard. Richard Sandomir. Sandomir. My Pablo Sandomir. It was not Pablo Sandomir. It was not. They get Pablo Sandoval. I don't know who I'm. Yeah, he got let go by the Giants. By the way, I, am I going Pablo Sandoval? Little teddy bear, let go. Just for the record, that makes sense, Pablo. I booked Bill Clinton when he was the president on that show. How am I not? You worked on that show? I'm just show? saying. Yeah. Seven months. 
Doing what? I was the board op and fill-in producer, and I booked President Bill Clinton. You probably didn't just book him. Uh, listen, that was who like got the producer's like, credit? You had to actually make hey, a phone, phone rang, you answered Phone it. call came in, I booked the president. But how many of you guys saying. produced for that show? Yeah, it seems they like did, they went they through a lot talk of producers. To, they didn't talk to Jerry, Stevie Cohen. You they didn't talk, talk to, to Steve. They didn't talk to Eddie Erickson. They didn't talk to well, Mark Malusis. You might not be able to find Eddie. I don't know where he works now. It's He's over in Sirius. Did they, did yeah. they, did oh, they, is he at Sirius? Yep. Really? And yes. they didn't talk to him either? No. Well, maybe. Did they talk to Bob Gelb? Yes. He oh, was okay. Him. How long was Gelb the producer? Ten years. So he was a ten-year guy. Yeah, Stevie was right there with him. He was, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had Stevie on our show. And Stevie, had, uh, Stevie ended up hiring, uh, what's his name, uh, Dog Away from well, this Well, that place. was more Mel Carmerson did that. Oh, okay. But Stevie was That was to just that. twist the knife into the fan's bag, which he thought they were going to do. And then, you know, Dog disappeared, and we still are, you know, killing it. Well, not all of us, but. <laughs> Jesus. God, just, you're relentless. <laughs> Some <man>. of us. <laughs> you're just relentless. Some well, I'm sorry, I, I don't listen to Sirius. <laughs> oh, boy. Jerry's here. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> Good morning. We're brought to you by Iron Maiden, Saturday, July 22nd at Barclays Center. Buy tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Sunday night baseball up in Boston. Red Sox beat the Yankees as they earned a split of the weekend series and of the day-night doubleheader as well. 3 nothing was the final in that second game. Mookie bets a home run, Dustin Pedroia, an RBI single. Here was Joe Girardi, tips his cap to David Price, who went eight innings, eight strikeouts. He pitched a really good game. He did. Rough weekend for Aaron Judge. Uh, he had a home run taken away from him in the nightcap. Had I think it was just one hit in the four games. Uh, he says it's baseball. Went through a tough time for the first time this year. I mean, it's kind of what, you know, it's going to happen at some point. You're going to have a tough three or four days, five days. And so the Yankees uh, lose last night after winning 3 nothing as C.C. Sabathia went six, six innings for his eighth win of the year. Oh, Price was now, great last night. He was. And it's interesting because I don't, I don't ever remember David Price pitching well against the Yankees since he came to Boston, but he did last night. Now, I'll bring you back to Saturday just because I was in the car and I found this amusing. Yeah. Just listen to John. So it's a 1-1 game. It's a, I think, I'm pretty sure this is the 13th inning, but regardless, it's extra innings, and it's been a long afternoon already. And Matt Holiday ties the game, as we know, in the ninth, leadoff home run. So here we are in extra innings, and there's a chance for the Yankees to go ahead with Holiday at the plate again. And listen to John at the end. Here's the 1-1. Swung on there, goes to deep left. That ball is high. It is far. It is... Caught at the wall. Oh. <laughs> oh. He's like, I want to go home. I have oh. dinner reservations. Oh. So, anyway, the he, game uh, went the on. The were joking that the worst guy to pitch a, uh, the last game of a series when you have other places to go. Is Montgomery? Is David Price. Oh, David Price. Uh, it's like, that's going to take, like, they're already promoting the fact that yeah. the night game was going to take forever. Slow, slow, well, slow. Well, they can thank but, ESPN for that. Yes, can't they? Yes, they can. Yes, but you know what? Last night's game didn't come in too bad, right at three hours, so it wasn't yeah, awful. Yeah, just ruining baseball for the little kids. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, Billy! <laughs> it's the summer boomer. Uh, yeah. Yankees will be in Minnesota tonight. You got the Mets playing the Cardinals on Sunday. The Mets uh, wound up losing to the Rockies. Could not get the sweep. Uh, it was all bad for uh, Stephen Matz. He had nothing yesterday. He gave up. I think four- he set a record. I think giving up nine hits in one inning. Is a record. And the first four in the second inning as well, as they were down 7 nothing in a blink. Uh, Terry Collins says Matt's had to change up because he struggled with certain pitches. You know, I thought he's got to use his secondary pitches today, You know, especially the days when your command, your fastball is not really good. And it wasn't, and I guess he's talking about the off-speed stuff. Here's Matt's moving on quickly. 
It's frustrating, but I got to flush it. You know, I got another start coming up in five days. And I hope it's a lot better than it was yesterday. Then you had the Estrubal Cabrera. One inning, one inning, nine hits, seven runs, a walk, two strikes. Right, but remember, four of those hits were in the second. The whole thing was just awful. I know. It was terrible. You can't. It's just awful. Uh, Then you had the Estrubal Cabrera Ahmed Rosario whole situation. So you have this. Uh, theory, report, whatever you want to call it, that uh, they're not bringing up Rosario because of what it could do in the locker room. You got uh, Cabrera's playing second base. A couple weeks ago, he wasn't happy about it. He's been doing fine, though. Uh, he says no issue with Rosario or the position right now. I got nothing to be about. I mean, that's not my choice. Do you? Is there still continued disappointment from you about being moved from shortstop? No, I mean, I'm... Just play second right now. That's my position. And then the reporter now continued. Now, the Mets, as Boomer said, I'm sorry, you'll get to that in a second, are a few hours ago, are disputing the story that Cabrera's unhappiness is preventing Rosario from being called up. So they, they're saying that's nonsensical, but um, well, why aren't you bringing him up? Oh, here was the reporter continuing with uh, Cabrera trying to get something out of him. You're okay with being at second? I'm fine. I'm playing for second base. That's my position. You know, what do you, you want to know? No, I was just curious just to hear. I mean, did, I mean that, that happened a couple of weeks ago. And he, yeah, yeah. That was, I don't initially, blame for that initially, a Drupal Cabrera said, I want to be traded. And yes, then he did. a couple of days later, he calmed down and said, no, 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 I want to stay here. Yep. So, I mean, I don't know what the whole – It's a he's, a he's a veteran player. He's most likely going to get traded. I don't know whether or not anybody's looking for a second baseman or shortstop. You'd have to go through all of that stuff. But I would think he would be a quality trade bait. He listen, Cabrera said that was a few weeks ago. I'm okay now playing second. I played it in Cleveland. I played it in Washington. Uh, I feel comfortable there. I'm playing second base. And he's been good since that. And by happened. the way, he was. I understand the professional pride of him being like, you know what? I'm your shortstop. What do you mean I'm playing Look, second? You, you were banged up all year. You had trouble defensively all year at shortstop. Now they move you to second baseman, a little bit easier of a position to play. And you know what you've done? You've, he's done well. And I by just the way, say, you, if if you're moved, being moved to second for Rosario, you're not going to complain about it. But they got moved him to second, and Rosario's still not here. And we killed the Mets for a lot. You know, since they moved him to second, Reyes is hitting. He's playing well. And it's actually not that they're a great team, Whatever. but it's worked all right. Team sucks. Whatever. Fantastic. They all suck. All right. Everybody sucks, suck. Uh, Mike Fisher of the Fan in Dallas reporting that Ezekiel Elliott uh, involved in a late night altercation at a oh. Dallas bar. It is going swimmingly for this guy. Uh, this is as you got the reports of him possibly going to be suspended. I don't know if he will or he won't, but it looks like he might be. Will he appeal it and all that? So uh, last couple of days, not good for him, uh, as you know. And then just lastly, uh, hey, as you guys... Hold on, let me give you the story. Sure. Um, what's today's date? Today's 17th. The 17th. Of uh, August? July. 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 Still we're in July? We are yep. still in July. He was in a physical altercation with a bouncer at a place called Clutch Bar. Which um, I... Go ahead. I believe that's also the place he left when he got into the car accident. Remember that a few months ago? He got into the Same accident. I'm this guy pretty is a sure, piece of work, yeah. man. Uh, full report coming momentarily, but it was uh, last Sunday night into Monday. So this uh, within the last few hours, this allegedly happened. Um, an altercation with a bouncer clutch bar. Boy, he's something special, isn't he? Not going well Just right now. Just your season right down the tubes. Yeah, good. You never know. 
Uh, and as you guys have discussed many times this morning, the passing of the great Bob Wolf, he was 96 years old. Uh, so many accomplishments. The one thing I did not realize in the Baseball Hall of Fame, the Broadcasters Wing, and in the National Sportscasters Sports Writers Hall of Fame as well. So Bob Wolf passed away at the yeah, age of 96. I just wanted to add one thing to that as well. You know, Bob Wolf hasn't called a game in 30 years, whatever it is, right? Okay. So the fact that um, his passing is a news story, and it is a legitimate news story, shows you the the connection he had with uh, the audience, the connection he had specifically to a New York audience, having done Nixon Rangers for so long. You know, I was too young to have ever he- remember hearing him do a game. You probably have some memories of him doing games in the late 60s and early 70s. He didn't work at the Garden, I think, since about 1980 on. And even Madison Square Garden put him he in whatever, however they honor broadcasters. Right. He's one of their Hall of Famers. Um, and he's just one of those guys where, you know, you all know his name. Many of you never heard him do a single game. You certainly didn't hear him do a game live. And at 96 years old, you know, he, he, lose, he passes away. And for many of you, especially if you're at Long Island, your only connection to Bob Wolf would have been News 12. How about the fact that he worked until he was 96 years old? Which is amazing. So when you start, when if you haven't yet, I would just say take stock of the life that this man led. You know, one of the first headlines I read that came out yesterday was, you know, he interviewed Babe Ruth yeah. to Derek Jeter. He right. ran the gamut between you know those two uh, uh, New York Yankees, but he did so much more than that. Not just calling Don Larson's perfect game. I don't think there's another man today that has called, maybe you know, Boom, has called the championship game in every single sport. He's the only one, the story yeah. said. Like Al Michaels probably came close. Um, did a World Series, did a Super Bowl, right? I don't right. Know if he did, did he do basketball? No, he did the Olympics. I he don't did know. the Olympics. You know, I don't know if he was a, a hockey so, announcer. I, I'm trying to think. So he was um, the only man that ever did that, right? Marv uh, Albert. Al Michaels did a World Series also, doing with Keith Jackson. Uh, way back in the day. So he came close. Like, did Marv Albert do the World Series, though? I don't know. He would have made, know, Marv else? may have it for radio. It's possible. Um, and Boomer, I would just say to you, as I contemplate the career of Bob Wolf, yes. I think it's just something you should consider. What's that? Working till he's 96? Amen. I agree. Well, 90. 90, okay. You he could. playing softball for hey. <laughs> You think it's going to be a pain in the ass? Oh, you're damn oh, right. I get, the older oh. I get, the more of a pain in the ass I become. That's what the guys were saying yes, this morning. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, Bob Wolf passes away. And uh, for those of you that do listen to Rick Wolf here on the radio station, that's his dad. Uh, Rick was obviously Bob's son, I should put it that way. And I uh, just want to send our thoughts and prayers out to a legitimate broadcasting legend. Uh, and he is one and always will be one, so we send our regards out. I called the Knicks uh, yesterday about yes. it. Yes. Because I didn't know, had they put out a statement of what they were going to do, and they'd already put a statement out about their connection to Bob. Remember, many of you, Boomer included, beyond the Knicks and Rangers, you know, for 25, 30 years that we would watch a bunch of dogs running around Madison Square Westminster, Garden. Westminster, yes. He was the voice and the face, no really. Kidding. He did, I think, 30 Westminster Kennel Show. Basically did everything. Didn't know that. Now that's rage that's right a man, there. That's a man after my own heart, man. That's a professional. You want me to talk about dogs running in a circle with their yeah. owners uh, running after them? I got that. That's why you do the kitty bowl. Right. All you right. want me to do the sugar bowl? I got that. Got that too, baby. That's it. You need I think a guy? this is the only thing you need to do. You need a guy? I'll take it. We're you are good. that guy. You're the uh, renaissance All right. Man. All right, 8.50 on the fan. We are live from the Investors Bank Studios here at WFN. And here's what's Pardon happening. Pardon me. I apologize. I want to update. Kill the music for one second. I apologize. Um, at least one person was punched. An ambulance was called to the Clutch Bar and Restaurant in Dallas. 
Police officers were on the scene. It's unclear as of this second if any arrests were made. Elliot and the bouncer are said to have a role in the altercation. This comes on the heels, of course, of uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, preparing to plead his case to the NFL this week uh, regarding the domestic violence case allegations against him. Um, details are scarce right now, um, but obviously he was involved in something. They don't know what his role was yet. There you go. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.